boy, look at our tetter squad We just got on a pitch and we set it off I used to just wanna get top four But we're up now and I want a lot more If we quit now, it was all for nothing They talk big but we call them bluffing We can call no more discussion This season's all or nothing What's up people, welcome to another episode of the Cannon Club podcast where we debate and give opinions on all things Arsenal. Make sure you follow us and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice, leave us with a five-star review and if you want this discussion in more digestible chunks, head over to our YouTube channel, Cannon Club on YouTube and you can watch everything we're saying over there as well. My name is Mex and as always I'm alongside my co-host Paul. Paul, what are we saying bro? I'm good, bro. Just trying to navigate this interlow international period and that, you know, mm. try to watch catch a bit of England yesterday, uh, see some other upsets around the world, but obviously missing the Arsenal. But happy at least we get to sit down and talk about it as we do. What are you telling me? How you doing, bro? Yeah, I'm all right, man. I'm I'm all right. Um yeah, it's just this international football period is is just a bit yeah, like yeah. I feel like people care. People care a lot less about international football from when we were like growing up. Like I feel like yeah, international yeah. football was like heralded as like one of these mm. mad things. But th- that feeling comes back when it's an actual like World Cup or Euros or something somewhat. Yeah. Um, and the lady, the ladies' football now as well as doing doing mm-hmm. the world proud. But um, these qualifiers and friendlies is just they're so oh. jarring. Honestly, I mean, just I, I, I thought about it the other day. Like, is there a way to make it better? And I know they tried to introduce the what's that, the Nations Cup thing, the Nations yeah. Cup crap. But is there a better way to do it so it doesn't feel so dry or just draining or just like let us get back to what we because you got the Euros this summer in Germany. Um, it feels like we just had a tournament like not too long ago, but the Euros as in yeah. in 2024, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, it's because it was delayed, wasn't it? A year because of the COVID. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because of COVID. Yeah. So it feels like we we were having a lot of tournaments back to back. But these periods, I just they, I don't know, man. It's just not something you look forward to, and I don't know how they're going to change it. But anyway. And and I'm just sitting there, not trying to see any news about this person's got injured or that's like. Literally just, it. This is the fear. That's, that's <laughs> all I'm. I'm just following. It's just the Arsenal players, just to make sure there's no injury crisis. Um, I don't know if you saw uh, Gabriel played. I think his first cap for Brazil, where he came off and they had ice pack on his like knee or something like that. Everyone was worrying, but you know, I I I saw the news kind of come up and then I avoided it because I said I thought in my head if I don't read it, it never happens. (laughs) (laughs) As if you're the whole of Arsenal. Oh man, yeah. So yeah, nothing at the moment, but we hope it's all right. We hope it's all right. Yeah. Well, um, we we obviously don't have a match to review at this time. I think that's the other annoying thing about the inter- international period, like especially when you go into the international period with a win, a big win, yeah. like we did against United. It's like, right, let's hit the ground next weekend. Yeah, let's go next match. And then yeah, man, them are getting on a plane to Gibraltar and all these bloody places. Oh, uh, so yeah, um, we're, we're waiting to our our next match. Who who have we got um, back? Is it Everton? Everything yeah, away, was it? Everything away, yeah, everything away. Tricky, so. tricky game. Um, but I guess we'll be talking about that next week. Um, but yeah, we got a few things that we wanted to discuss, um, things that have happened within the club um, over the last week or so. Mm-hmm. Let us start with Nicolas Pepe. Nicolas Pepe has officially left the club. 
Yeah, he's officially gone. Nicolas Pepe has officially left Arsenal at this point. It just didn't work out. Um, it looked like Arsenal has released him from his contract. Some type of mutual termination between the two parties. And Nicolas Pepe has gone on to sign for Trabzonspor over in Turkey. Now, Paul, where did it all go wrong? You know what? I think we have to go right back to the beginning. It's the 72 million. Mm. We were in that we were in that age where you were having players who, you know, all these transfers like were becoming more often over the 50, 60 million mark. And I think in around the same time we had Van Dyke going for 80. I'm sure around that same time Coutinho was going for over a hundred. Maybe a year before or after Neymar was going to PSG for big peas. Then obviously we had Pepe and we had um, Don Raul Sanieli who was out here moving like Mafia, you know, who's meant to help us get deals over the line. And this was one of the deals. And I just feel like if we had, if there was an alternative reality and we signed Pepe for 40 plus 10 million in add-ons or, you know, if we just got him for a deal that wasn't so bombastic, I just feel like there would be so much more less pressure on him and we would have viewed him differently. The world would have viewed him differently. Maybe he still would have gone on and left. You know, maybe Arteta comes in, everything stays the same and he still doesn't think he's good enough or he's surplus to requirements. But there's still not the fanfare that we spent 72 million and it's literally gone down the drain. Like we just, it's a 72 million pound loss. And when we look back on his career, which I'm sure we'll do briefly, I don't think he did terribly. Mm-hmm. I think the other players are other teams who are performing way worse. We know their names. Way worse than what Pepe did. Mm-hmm. Even outside of goal and assist, just overall performance. I think Pepe was okay. I wouldn't even call him our worst signing. But maybe in terms of value for money, it would be pretty hard to, to deny. But um, yeah, ultimately, as we always do, we move. Yeah, it's um, it's very disappointing because of the fanfare. And, you know, if we go way back, like you're saying, we know that Pepe wasn't the first choice. We wanted Zaha. Um, it's like the club didn't want to do Zaha because um, he may, might have come out to be a bit more expensive. Um, so they went and got his countryman in, in Pepe, which, again, on the face of it, YouTube videos and compilations, he looked like, this guy could do a job here. And he, and he came and, you know what, he, he started doing a job. Um, the 72 million, like you say, was 100% a crutch. Yeah. Um, couldn't shake it. Even when the landscape of football started changing and we just started, we and other clubs around us started signing players for those kind of figures over the 50 million mark. He just couldn't shake that this was a 72 million pound man. Um maybe the pressure as well of being Arsenal's record signing, maybe the pressure of the club spending 72 million on a relative unknown at a time when we were going through all kinds of crap. Mm. Like it's just a bit of mismanagement and poor guidance from everybody really Um, from Pepe and maybe a bit of inconsistent performances and not being able to settle. Um, I hear a lot about him not kind of getting in with the group. He was never a bad egg, but he was just very quiet. And yeah. maybe maybe the likes of Lacazette and Aubameyang kind of kept him alive somewhat in, in, in the midst of things, you know, just French-speaking boys and 
when they went or when things turned sour for them, maybe the writing was on the wall. Um, mm. the club definitely have to take a lot to a lot a lot to look at over here um, in regards to this not working well. And you know, just from mm. a business point of view, did you get a good return on that seventy two million pound and maybe one hundred and fifty k a week that you mm. spent? You know, what, what do you have to show for it, sort of thing? Yeah. Um, yeah, and Arteta coming in, I just think, you know, he's he's one of the last, if not the last, of the the previous regime, the the old yeah. brig- brigade. Now, you know, even the likes of Rob Holden have gone. Mm. Um, Xhaka, who you probably wouldn't have mind keeping, but all of these guys that. I say this, you know, respectfully, but they <laughs> represent failure. Like they all represent failure at Arsenal. This period of complete mm. failure and underperformance at Arsenal, mm. um, barring maybe that one FA Cup Arteta snatched as he came in the door. Mm. Like, yeah, we've kind of shook shook the the cobwebs off us and the shackles in that respect to these to these guys. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, one still remains who will not be named. Who's that? Cedric. Oh, no, 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 no. You know the mad thing? Arteta signed him, didn't he? Yeah, he did. That was the annoying thing. So, I yeah, mean, he's I, not even part of... He's not even he's part not of even, the band. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess not. But we group him with him somehow. But, yeah, I just... It's just, yeah, like you said, in terms of return on investment, in terms of just that whole group, what they were meant to achieve, you know, you look back, and I know this kind of sways a bit from Pepe, but he was involved in it. We should have collected at least one Europa League you know, mm-hmm, we should have mm-hmm. got some, um, ideally, some Champions League finishes. Um, yeah, you know, our record against the big six at that time, you know, I'm sure it wasn't exemplary from what I can remember. Yeah, just overall for the the work, how we invested and all that stuff and the team that we had in terms of, you know, age profile and players who had around about done it, you know, we should have done better. But it kind of comes back to what we spoke about. I think we touched on a bit of a bit less last week when we spoke about Madison is the personality of these players. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a massive thing. The the personality and nothing to say anything's wrong with Pepe's personality. But like you said, and I've heard as well, he was deemed just a quiet Muslim boy. You know, he didn't make too much noise. He was quite shy, very introverted. And maybe when the pressure got going, he wasn't able to deal with that in a way where, you know, another player might be able to come out and just like all guns blazing that wasn't really his style so it just went wrong unfortunately um and obviously we hope he goes on and is able to make something of himself in turkey and recapture some sort of form i'm sure it's a it's a slightly lesser league but there is you know a lot of fandom out in turkey as well with football so there's still a lot there for him to gain um how do you feel in terms of you know because we spoke earlier in the transfer window about him maybe being a player we could use like as bit part or cover for Saka. Um, oh. Yeah, or j- just generally, just a, a good player who, you know, even as he's left, I still feel like he was t- his top three finishers at the club, you know, in yeah. terms of his, his ability. Um, how do you feel now regarding just his, you know, do you feel like we're missing a trick or we're all right? Uh, you hope we're all right, innit? Like you hope, you know, if Saka 
gets injured tomorrow, God forbid. Um, you know, there's a there's a Smith Rowe that could probably play there. There's a Fabio Vieira that could probably play there. There's a Trossard. There's a, mm-hmm. a Gabriel Jesus maybe that could play there. Um, Reese Nelson, of course. So there is options, mm-hmm. but as a winger, as a winger option, like a real mm-hmm. winger option, and not just like an attacking midfielder player playing out wide. Um, Pepe would have probably still been second best to all of these men. So it is a bit frustrating. And even if it's a thing where we had brought in somebody, that would have put the, the you know, nail yeah. on the head of, of Pepe's Arsenal career. And then if we release him, it's still, you know, okay, why did we get money for this guy? Mm. And, but at least, you know, there is someone nailed on there that's, that's a winger that can come in. Okay, we re-signed Reese Nelson. Maybe that's the maybe that's the answer. We'll see. Mm. Um, but even on that, bro, I don't think we're being told the entire truth because I, I think it's mad. I think yeah. it's absolutely bonkers that we didn't get one coin for Pepe. Nobody was interested in Pepe. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. he might be on 150k a week, but no, are you telling me no one, nobody. Like, I know these these Turkish clubs would interest in Saudi, maybe the deal wasn't right and stuff like that. But this guy scored at least he'll get you 10 goals a season. Like, yeah, I just don't I'm, get it. I think maybe he might be injured or something and they're not telling us. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, because I'm I'm similar with you, but I keep thinking maybe it's the, the wage. Because, again, I remember I was looking at some articles about players who earn over 100K outside of the Premier League. And outside of the top, teams in other leagues there's not a lot of like there's not even one player in these teams earning over 100k mm-hmm. you know when you go to germany and france and and even within teams in the prem there's only about 10 teams who have a couple players over 100k the rest everyone's under so i keep thinking maybe wage is the breaking point but i can't believe that there just wasn't more interest generally that there wasn't more noise of trying to strike a deal here or trying to get like just something because the talent is there. No one's not going to say Pepe's absolutely crap. Like nobody would want him. He performed in point in like you know in pockets within mm. his Arsenal career, and at the very least, you can see he's a talented dribbler. He you know talent, great technique. I just the fact that I was hearing you know prior to him going, um, you're hearing Besiktas like two million, and you know not even Saudi. I don't know, again, maybe there's so many things we don't know, whether it's a lifestyle thing or I don't want to go there. and I don't know, but I just felt like I didn't hear enough whispers. It just, there was nothing. Kind of like the Tierney one as well, which was kind of surprising, which is, again, like nothing. We heard a little rumour about Newcastle and then nothing until we shift him on loan. So I'm kind of with you, but maybe I'm just telling myself for just to believe that we're getting better somehow at this selling thing, that it must be the wages, that you can't put someone on 140k unless you're going to now sell them on to like a bigger club who's going to be able to take those wages. You know, it's, it's very rare. that. And why would Pepe, you know, come, come back and say, yeah, I'll go to Crystal Palace for 80k or I'll go to Wolves or I'll go, I don't know, wherever. It just, it don't make sense. So... That's what I'm telling myself to keep my mind at rest. <laughs> yeah, I think we have to remember at the end of the day, it's, it's like even if you put this in terms of regular employment, mm. like if your employer wanted to get rid of you out of your contract to go take a lower job, 
elsewhere why would you do that like it's yeah it's not in your favor to do that um boy well just to evaluate to round up here do you like i'm i'm thinking of it like 72 million he had a five-year contract he only played what three years for arsenal yeah went out on loan then this year we've obviously released him a year early from his contract then three years represent the best part of like 25 million a season in terms of his in terms of his transfer um how much he cost us hmm. value for money or no? no definitely not it's not i mean i think his best season was the second one i think that's when he finished second in the arsenal player of the season i think mm. that's when he got the most of his goals i think all comps he had like 15 16 17 something like that handful of assists obviously the third season he barely played um he played in parts but i don't think arteta was using him right in the first season obviously you kind of get a bit of a play but i think he came in with about maybe 10 maybe eight ten goals or something end of the day you're not paying 25 million a season for those sort of returns and figures unfortunately um the performances weren't always there whether that's uh, uh you know whether it was doomed to start from the beginning because that's not the guy that emery wanted and i remember you being a very strong advocate of like you know, we kind of, we did we did Emery a disservice because you can't come in, have a manager come in and you say, yo, I want X. And then you give him Y and then say, make the same results with that. So, yeah, it, it was doomed to start maybe from the beginning. But ultimately, as we break it up, like you've done 25-ish million a season. Um, yeah, it, it's not value for money. And this is definitely going down as an L. It's a shame. It's a shame. I'll I'll still stand by Emery, one of the the great manager. I think he's. I honestly think he's a great manager. Um, we we shall see. We shall see with Emery and Aston Villa, and if you can capture any more European trophies, something that our club hasn't done. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll talk about um, probably someone else that has shunned instead of Pepe. Probably someone that stopped Pepe's growth within our team. And that's Bakayo Saka. Um, this one caught me unawares completely. Like, Brother. right hook, bro. Like, I was not expecting <laughs> it. Like, obviously, I saw the, like, PFA stuff that's happened recently. Them mm. and uh, Ramsdale and all the guard. And I'm seeing Bakayo Saka is nominated for the Ballon d'Or. And as an Arsenal fan, I'm happy mm. for him. I'm more than proud of him. Um, terrific player. Amazing. But respectfully, bro, when I see Ballon d'Or, <laughs> like, obviously, for the last couple of years, I've been programmed, you know, Ronaldo, Messi, mm. um, even Modric sneaked in there. Mm. Um, Benzema has sneaked in there amongst them, other man. Ronaldinho, past years. Like, Bakayo Saka nominated for a Ballon d'Or. Do you think, like, I sound mad as an Arsenal fan saying this, but do you think it's, it's warranted? Like, you know what? I, you know, before I kind of get to it, I, what I'm, I'm going to say is yes, I think it's warranted. But what I only realized in recent years is that, and it will sound bad as a football fan generally, but I guess I never really focused on like other than the outcome of who won or who was in the top three, is that there's a, there's a, there's a hench shortlist, you know, there's a mm. hench shortlist of players who get nominated. And so I'm not sure how long that list is. I want to say it's in the ballpark of about 30 uh, people because I know there's then 
all the players then or um, coaches vote for who will be the the winner. So, so can we just yeah. say that that big shortlist is surely just like a honorary mention to this person for playing well and because this is, it's not yeah, realistic, really, is it? Yeah, no, of course not. Because in a sense, it's just like who are the best? Again, let's go with this number of thirty. Who are the best thirty players in the world right now? And if that was the case that we were just making, I'm putting Bukayo Saka in that list. So nobody yeah, here, yeah. and I don't think Bukayo is expecting to, you know, to win. But I think the fact that you're already being mentioned in with the world's best at the tender age of 21, 22. I don't know if his birthday's come yet. 22, yeah, he's 22 now. 22, yeah. Bro, it's, it's amazing. And I think, if anything, it's just a testament to his consistency and the talent that he has shown. So it's not about winning it. Maybe we can go looking further down the line. And I think the fact that if he now gets consistently nominated, and like you said, he's winning PFA awards, team of the year, all that sort of stuff, then there's absolutely no reason why he can't progress his career and actually be taken as, oh, he's going to be nominated and he's going to be top five. Oh, he should be top three. Or maybe one day he might actually win the thing. So I think it's a great achievement to just be nominated. Like you said, for me, I was like, I saw this Arsenal picture of Saka and I was like, is this an injury? I was about to lose it. And then I've gone down, you know, press more, I read it. He's been nominated along with um, Erdegaard as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just think it's showing, I was just happy because it's like, wow, Arsenal players back on the, the big stage again. We had, um, you know, Ramsdale won Keeper of the Year. Saliba was there. Uh, Erdegaard. Saka, I feel like we had one more, but maybe it was just those four. But still, it's like we used to kind of be in these things. But for many a year, maybe we had the odds. Sanchez, I don't even know if Ozil made one. Um, maybe a Walcott back in the day, I don't know. But, you know, I'm clutching at straws. But now we know we have world-class talent in the team. You know, arguments have been made for Martinelli to have been in the PFA team of the year. But mm. again, you know, players like Rashford, Kane, it's difficult to squeeze everyone else in. But yeah, I, I'm I'm happy for Bukayo. Obviously, happy for Odegaard as well. But we're focusing on Bukayo. Of course, we're not expecting him to win. Um, there were I saw a couple of arguments because people were saying Rashford didn't get nominated, and on a <clears throat> on a stats front, he was better than both Odegaard and uh, Saka. Blah blah blah. But I'm not hearing it to be honest. That that purple patch done. I'm not hearing it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm happy for him. Um, but no one's expecting him to win. Obviously, if it's stats. Um, then yeah, I guess stats are stats. They're numbers, in it. They really happened. So mm. I can't argue Rashford. I, I I wouldn't have ever thought Rashford had better numbers than Saka, mm. but whatever, in it. Like yeah. with with like yeah, big up Saka and big up Odegaard. The the recognition is most important than anything. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I was just really taken aback to see their names there, and I was just thinking. Like even like if that sounds bad playing them down, but I was thinking, oh, it's like young young player Ballon d'Or or something like that. <laughs> like I just didn't believe it, sort of thing. Yeah. I think especially because mm. the guys that you tend to see winning the Ballon d'Or have crazy club honors in terms of yeah. whatever the club done that year. Mm. So in that respect, Bukayo Saka has no chance of winning the Ballon d'Or, really mm. and truly. Like, do you think? let's say in the short term, Arsenal will ever be a hindrance to Saka winning the Ballon d'Or. Like if he gets nominated next year and the year after that. But 
basically he keeps falling short because we keep falling short as a club? Or do you think we'll all kind of get it in, get it together and Saka will maybe one day take that trophy? I think I think it could go either way. I think it's it is like you say, if Arsenal as a whole don't get to that point, then we will be a hindrance to him with, like potentially trying to win that thing. But then at the same time, we can then go on and kick on and win stuff and then it goes hand in hand and maybe easier for him to win. But as a third option, if we're not winning stuff, will Bakayo be a potential reason for us not re- winning stuff? As in maybe he's not getting to the pinnacle, he's not the absolute game changer at mm. the highest level, you know? So it could go either way, but I think it's it's not really hard to kind of look at it and say, well, Arsenal in the last couple of years, couple of FA Cups, and I'm kind of pushing back to like, what, 2018, 2020, you know, there's not much else in terms of honours, a couple of community shields, but we're really hoping that this period now will be the start of something. We've spoken about us having to get some sort of silverware this year um, to kind of consolidate the progress we've made. And if we start to do that, then our players will get even more recognition. I think even having a good Champions League run this season will definitely, um, you know, get us in the limelight again um, and then help players get these honours and have them more in the limelight for it. I mean, Messi's a shoo-in for Ballon d'Or. Sorry, like he won the World Cup, and I think the way everyone looks at Messi, oh, it's like they, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they they want him, they they see him like that. It's like they want him to be the greatest player of all time. So mm. they want to just say, "Look, it's yours, bro." You know, yeah. they speak about Haaland's scoring record, but yeah, my man got Argentina the FA Cup, FA Cup, their World Cup. I said Wembley, you know, I got them their their World Cup on the biggest yeah. stage. Yeah. Man's, man's gonna win the World Cup, um, win the Ballon d'Or whilst he's at Inter Miami, fam. It's crazy, it's yeah. crazy. But the Messi Inter Miami Ballon d'Or <laughs> joked him. Uh, Alan is a good good shout because obviously these man won the treble and he, he was yeah. terrific last year. I just brought up the the list of um, previous Ballon d'Or winners. Mm. Um, obviously last year we had Karim Benzema. He's the I guess most recent African to win it, and yes, I purposely am calling him African. Um, <laughs> if if we're going with true African, I guess that was representing an African country. Mm. You're looking as far back as George Ware um, wow. in 1995. Okay. Um, yeah. like AC Milan days, yeah. and then the last Englishman to win it um, is Michael Owen, 2001. Okay. Michael Owen winning a Ballon d'Or sounds like Banks. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I know he was on smoke. I was outside. Michael yeah. Owen was my favourite player until the day he scored two two against us in the FA Cup final. Oh, so I know he was outside. But Michael yeah. Owen, Ballon d'Or just sounds like Banks. Mm, I hear you, but he really was out here doing absolute madness. At, smoke. At such a young age. Like the composure that guy had was a finishing ability. Yeah, he was he was a different level. But um yeah, let's you never know. Let's hope. Let's hope. You know, Erdegaard, Saka, you know, even people like Martinelli, if they take it to a new level, they could be in the conversation. You know, all of our greats are our Messi's, our Ronaldo's, our Neymar's, all these people, they're they're on the back end, you know, really are and it's time for these new, you know, people talk about Mbappe, but his whole 
PSG situation is just kind of keeping him in the back burner for now. Yeah. Um, it's Haaland, it's Vinicius, it's Saka, really and truly. Yeah. So, yeah, no reason why he can't achieve that goal. Some interesting names there to, um, you know, look out for for the next few years in regards to this. Um, I guess another one of our players that we want to be including in conversations such as Ballon d'Or, Emil Smith-Rowe. We, I think we have got like a one cameo performance out of him off the bench from when the season started. Um, And we've played what now? Four games? Who did he play against? I don't even think... Is he did he got, I don't I'm, think he I has. Thought, oh, no, don't do I don't, that. I don't think so, bro. Who did uh, we... We had Forrest. Yeah. Crystal Palace. Yeah. Who's the game we drew? Fulham. He didn't Fulham, come off the bench Fulham. at... That Forrest. Nah, because I remember we, we were fine at 2-0. I think after 2-1, all I remember is Gabriel coming up. I don't think he's touched pitch. Like I said, so Emil Smith Rowe hasn't touched pitch this 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 season in four yeah. in four games. I know Arteta recently said that you know in September the matches are going to pick up and there's going to mm. be more opportunities and stuff like that. But um, I guess it's always going to be hard to take. You know, we've played four games. I guess the best part of maybe around 15, 15 16, 17 players must have been used at this point. Yeah. And you're not one of them. Mm. Like, I don't know what the future holds for Smith Rowe, bro, honestly. And I think there's there's definitely a, an, an eye with the club having an eye on him in regards to these injuries and maybe just not yeah. wanting to trust him. Like, why should we give him time? If this guy then turns around tomorrow and gets injured, it's like, yeah. well, you know, what are we going to do now? Like, do, do you think this is the end of the road for, for Smith Rowe at Arsenal? It's definitely... It's how can I say this? The end, like let's say the end of the road is in sight, but there's a one left turning he can take to come off, and this is his last. Like if you go past that turning and you don't take it, it's done. Yeah, he this is this season is pivotal for him, and I just hope he gets the opportunity because he's come out and he spoke about playing in constant pain on that hip or pelvis area. And how even now, now post no, 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 now, now post surgery, he said, like, no more pain, he, like, to play without it, it's just an amazing feeling. And he's ready to just put in work. He had a good under 21s tournament, mm-hmm. and like I said, Arteta's spoken about the players who haven't played, um, and just how the minutes will be there. And for the first time, I really do feel like there will be that opportunity because Arteta would be a madman to not obviously employ rotation. We come back and we play Everton and then we have PSV at home on the 20th and then we have Tottenham. Like, and then it's again, I think it's another Champions League game. No, we have even a Carabao somewhere in there against Brentford. So we're going to see Raya. We're going to see Smith Rowe. We're going to see Trossard. Who else is even there? There's, There's players who, you know, haven't played much, even Nelson. These are, these are the opportunities now where the competition's really going to start because if I get a brace or I start to perform, you know, players are going to be rotating in and out, substitute, oh, you know, you put yourself to the top of the pecking order. So with Smith Rowe, I'm really hoping that this post, like this, sorry, this international break, he's mashing work at Coney and he's saying, I know my time is coming and I'm, I'm coming to shine. He's got the 10 on his back. Like, you know what I mean? 
Trust me. The, the 10 on the bench. Like, yeah, it's it, it's crazy. And we all want to see him do well. Whether or not he's going to have that same role, it seems like the left eight role is kind of like being the position where he can play in. Because it seems the left or the right, there's just maybe too many players with an, enough stock that he doesn't have, unfortunately. But yeah, like, the, the end of the road is in sight. Um, and what's worrying me, again, is that if he doesn't have a great season or it ends in injury, uh, his resale value is going to absolutely plummet. Mm-hmm. This season, if the right plug club came in, we could have sold him from anywhere between high 40s to like 60 million. He has another poor season. We might not even see 35, you know, without add-ons and stuff. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough one to take, man. I, I, and it's funny, like, he's effectively used the England under-21 tournament, which they won. So he, mm. he's got another taste of silverware there um, as his preseason because he didn't get yeah. much, you know, a much of preseason with us, if any. Um, and he looked sharp. He wasn't someone that was starting that tournament when in their first game, but I think the second game he had come on, changed yeah. the game, and that was it. He was in the first team again um, and proven, proven his worth in that first 11 for the England boys. And you'd think off the back of that, it's like, right, walk into Arsenal team now. Like, that number eight position, right, you went and copped Kai Havertz. Like, I don't really appreciate you doing that, in it, And, <laughs> and he's not playing well. But now, like you're saying, I've got to prove my worth. Like, it's it's, it's either there or it's either um, he is the, the second left wing or the backup behind Martinelli, which I don't think is a bad position for him either, given the injury record as well. Mm. Um, and... On a side note here, I don't know if Arsenal still see Martinelli's future down the middle as opposed to um, yeah. as a winger. So that could always still crop up for Smith Rowe as, as an opportunity. Mm. It frightened me in the summer, or I say summer, a couple of weeks back when Chelsea were rumoured to be in for my man. I said, uh, piss off, get, get nah, lost. Bro, that one can't happen. That it one can't, can't happen. It can't no, run. Sorry. Like, sorry. I, don't, I don't want him to leave. Like, yeah. at all. At all. I don't want him gone. But I understand, you know, there's if he's not playing and he can't stay fit, then the club will move him on. But let's just, just be very smart. Let's take a second <laughs> and, be, and be very smart with where we move him on to. 100%. Not Chelsea. I don't care if he's had ties there. He played there as an under five-year-old. I don't care. Not here, not here, like, yeah, <laughs> we can't send him there. No. Yeah, brother, I just feel like it's with the madness that's going on at Chelsea, I would just hope he's got the team around him to just be like, listen, we nobody knows what's going on at Chelsea. They're just stockpiling players. You can't get caught up in that mess. But for Smith Rowe, and I think as frustrating as it might be as a whole, because I was like the talisman like two seasons ago, it was me that they were relying on for goals. Yeah, you know what I mean. As the t- like, he's got to look at Fabio Vieira's example, and when you're not in the starting eleven, you don't get the opportunities to to mess up. Saka, he's played a poor bad pass like back to that cost us a goal. People will say, despite the stats, he's not really had a flying start to the season, which is quite normal for him. Havertz hasn't really had any exemplary game. <clears throat> you know, you see Gabriel. He's touch bench now. When you're coming off the bench, you have to. There's no room for error. 
Fabio Vieira has come on three times, I think, now. And in each time, he's shown a lot of fight, energy. He's made things happen. Smithrow has to do that as well. And it would seem, in my opinion, that he's going to get the opportunity to start. I think might be one of this the League Cup game or maybe even a Champions League come off the bench. He's going to get his chance and he has to. It can't be a lacklustre performance. We need to see shots, dribbles, good passes, influence. He needs to be seen again. And if he's seen, then he's in the manager's mind, he's in our mind, and then we're on the manager's back to be like, how can you not play this guy? Right now, we're just doing our loyalty. Not blind loyalty, loyalty because we know there's a player in there. Yeah. But until he comes off the pitch and starts proving it, you know, we're going to still be on the manager's back. But it's up to him to come off the bench, to start a game and to say, yo, whatever position you stick me in, I'm going to absolutely rock it. So whenever someone does slip up, Arteta could be like, you know what, I'm going to slide you in. Or I'm going to put you in this way here at the blah, blah, blah. And that's the way he's going to get back in. He has to start from the bottom again, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, like you said, maybe it's down to the injuries, availability, uh, the way he plays, his defensive effort as well. You know, maybe there's loads of factors at play. But if he wants to stay in Arsenal, if he wants to be Arsenal's number 10, then he's going to have to come with a, a massive impact, massive impact in one of these games and be consistent. And then maybe... You know, he won't, he might not always be starting. I don't think he will, but at least he'll be someone who's involved in the squad who can come in when there's injuries. He'll be the one, first name, second name that Arteta thinks of. Yeah, I'm going to slide Smithrow in there. Yep, he's our guy. And if he continues playing well, why would I drop him? Yeah. It's it's crazy because, like you said, we were relying on this guy um, years years back. Now we were relying on him to score goals and you know pick up the ball. And even then, before he had that season or half a season, whatever it was, he was nearly out the door. Yeah, he, he was nearly out the door, and then it's just like it all came alive against uh, it Chelsea, I think, Chelsea. Um, yeah. around Christmas time. And um, yeah, everything changed, and we we need that guy. We need that guy again because mm. his ability, like we're, we're talking about, you know, just holding on to clutches and him getting an opportunity, but he, his own ability yeah. is stupid. It's ridiculous. Like he is a fantastic football player, mm. um, you know, straight from the school of, you know, the the cage ballers or anything that, you, you, you know, um, the streets ultimately, you know, someone mm. that played in ends and just, just has that like ridiculous kind of flair about yeah. it. Uh, He's he's incredible, and I feel like as Arsenal fans, we're beginning to drive ourselves to a point of the insanity of oh well, you know Smith Rowe was great two years ago. Like I'm I'm sick of saying that, man. I, I yeah. don't want to say like it has to. It's now like anyone that you're classing as good has to have performed at least within the last year, six months, yeah. a year. Like yeah. we're here hanging our hat on something a man done two years ago. Like yeah. Saka was even. Um, banging that, that same season, and look where Saka has yeah. moved on to now, sort of thing. Like, and that's so, the thing, bro. Yeah, that's the, the injuries thing. are definitely a part, but mm. like, I, I'm I'm not holding on to you. Like you said, when we when he does make that appearance this season in the next couple of games, whatever it's gonna be, I'm just gonna have to be re very realistic myself. Maybe it's kind of starting preparing myself for the worst, mm. and I just have to be like, right, right this is this is. And any other academy graduate, 
and let's see what he's about. Um, And let's see if he cuts the mustard in this team. We talk about, you know, we have been talking about the evolution of this team and how quickly it's changed in, you know, the last two years. So whatever a man is doing two years ago, it's void. It's void now. It's really void because we've seen the stars of yesteryear, like Tierney can't even command a a transfer fee and leave the club permanently. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's literally void. Football is different from two years ago. So everything Smith Road does now is just like, we just have to look at it from, you know, clean slate. This is what he's doing right now. 100%. 100%. We have to take off the rose-tinted glasses. You know, we're going to see Smith Rowe spray a diagonal. We're going to be like, oh, Tennessee, oh, you got to start him. You know what I mean? And it's a shame. I, I really hope, because he reminds me, or what I've heard about his personality is kind of similar to like a Pepe in terms of he's a lot more quieter, can be a bit more introverted. I just hope he's got his guys, even his teammates in his ear, like when your time comes, bro, you know what I mean? You have to be on it because it must be really difficult for him. Him and Saka were like carrying the team. People were saying that Smith Rowe saved Arteta's job with that Chelsea game. You know what I mean? And he's even, he was, there was a time he was battling with Martinelli. He was on par with Saka, one of our most important players, wearing the number 10 on his back. And now he's had to, due to unfortunate injuries, he's watched Saka go into the stratosphere for England. There was times where Smith Rowe was getting called up to England, getting his first goal. Martinelli as well was like, oh, who's going to start? Who's better? Now he can't even, you know, Martinelli's gone. He's he's too far. Saka, gone. He's now, you know, wrestling with Fabio Vieira, wrestling with Havertz, thinking maybe I could get ahead of Trossard. And these aren't crap players. These are players who are doing their thing, minus Havertz for the meantime. But these are still players with quality. And he's now got to rise to the top again and try to even get back to where he was, which is going to take phenomenal effort, phenomenal performances. And I just really hope he has that in him. I really do. I'll just finally add that as an academy graduate, hmm. all these kind of young players trying to get their way into the side, ultimately the, the example is Saka, right? Yeah. Don't don't mince my words here. The example is Saka as to how to kind of nail down your position and kick on from there. But if there's anyone else they should look up to, it is Eddie Nketiah. And this isn't part of my agenda and love story for Eddie Nketiah, but Eddie Nketiah has shown the determination. He's physically, like physically in his body changed. Um, He's shown the determination and the drive because he probably knows this is my chance to play top level football. Yeah. Because if I'm moving from here, I'm moving down. Unless, you know, I go to another down team and rebuild myself to get another top move. Yeah. Smith Rowe, again, as good as we know he is, technically like a killer player, like we were saying, mm. injuries is what's going to be the the, the, the deciding factor of his career. He yeah. may move to Chelsea, God forbid. But mm. then if he can't keep fit at Chelsea, it will only be down from there. Chelsea's yeah. already down from where we are. Let's be completely frank. Yeah. So you see what I mean? Like they should all look at just the drive. Um, Smithrow, Vieira, um, Nelson. These men should be looking at Enketi and just be like, it is, it's now or never. Like this is me, my chance at playing at one of the biggest clubs in the world. Because if I can't get it together from here, you will see me turning up for flipping Watford and Luton and Crystal Palace and them man. Like 
You know when the commentators will be like, had the stellar start to his career at Arsenal where he scored 10 goals in one season. and uh, It'll be such a shame, but I, I'm with you 100%. It's, and I think, like you said, Eddie's a great example because Eddie hasn't always shined on the pitch. He's shined behind closed doors. You know, so there's, there is a way back for him if he's able to show the grit and determination that Eddie always shows. That, and he turns up at the right time. You know, there's times where you're like, oh, I'm not really sure. Then Eddie turns up and finally gets his chance and bags two against Chelsea. He comes up, another chance, he scores here. He comes on, he works hard. You know what I mean? Adding, continuously adding and grinding. He's showing that, yo, like, I'm not letting this slip out of my hands. I think there was a quote he even said about um, uh, people from where he's from, you know, and even people where, where we're from, bro, you know. People don't feel you can't. Nobody's feeling sorry for you if you don't do this or you don't do that. You know what I mean? You you have to make your own way. It's not about here like oh I didn't get this or I didn't get blah blah blah. It's about you got to make your own way, and you got to do your all to do it because nobody's feeling sorry for you. You know, there's no handouts. It's it's get it or or become food or you know you don't become what you want to become and then it's just that ah oh, it's a shame. You know what I mean? So we need a bit of that, like you said, for all these key players. And as much as we can praise Eddie, Eddie's still somewhat in that boat where he still yeah. has to constantly prove himself, but he's proven that he's he's up to the task. So like you said, uh, Smith Rowe, Eddie, uh, Nelson, all these players that are getting like second chances almost or having to reprove themselves. It's an ongoing thing until you reach the heights where your talent is undeniable. Yeah. There's, there's, you have to, you have to keep showing yourself. Otherwise the manager will get rid of you. You can see the kind of money that we're spending um, mm. to, you know, make sure we've got a good enough squad. So yeah, you don't want to look disposable at any chance. Um, but obviously we're talking about the, the squad of players. Um, mm. We need the big squad because of competitions we're in. We finally make our return to the Champions League this season. Um you know what? It's kind of it's kind of annoying me that Champions League is now five places. Yeah, like, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's a bit like, of a like after nah, all this were, struggle. You were back in the day when we had to when we were fighting for four, two for nil. After yeah. all this struggle of trying to get back into the Champions League, they just open up another place. Like, oh, oh yeah, we've, yeah, we've got more space coming. Yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, we're back in it, and um, it's been a long, long wait. Like seven years, I think they say. Yeah, um, six, I like to say six seasons because it's, it's a little bit better. <laughs> but yeah, six, seven years, whatever. It's, it's all the same business. But yeah, long time. Long it's ridiculous. Time. It's very long. It's, it's been very, very long. Um, but yeah, we're back in the Champions League. And we got a relatively decent group. Yeah, We got a relatively decent group. What are the names in our group again? Sevilla. Lons. PSV and Lons, isn't it? Yeah. Sevilla, PSV and, and Lons are, are in our group. We came out, I guess, second, second pot or whatever they call it. Like, yeah. we should finish first of that group, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. There's no two ways about it. We should. We should. Like, you know, if I put the odds on, I'd say we're a good, strong three to one. You know what I mean? Like, we, mm. we should finish top. We, we're technically the first seed team. You know, like yeah. in terms of that, that's not to say we should take anything for granted. I feel like I don't know if it was was it Ray or was it you that was saying it that these are the sort of games that we have where we switch off. Though these are the sort of teams we would play where we switch off. 
we might actually perform better if we were in the group of death, like if we took Newcastle's position, for example, because we know to concentrate. But these games where it's like we turn up and we just feel like we're better than the opposition just tends to be our kryptonite. You know, we could, I remember even in the European League, we went to, was it Rennes? And we lost there 3-1 and we had to overturn the deficit or something like that. It's the kind of game I can see us happening at Lund. You know, you go there, you concede an early goal and then the crowd get on and, and the, their home teams, they take them to a 2-0. You know what I mean? These things can happen. But on paper, we have more than enough to dispatch these teams home and away. But if we took a draw at PSV away, I'm not mad at it. You know, but all our home games should be wins. We should be going to London winning. We should be going to um, PSV and, and winning really. Sevilla, they haven't lost, they haven't won a game this season. They're in disarray. All their players are up for transfer. You know, yeah. It, it's going to sound crazy saying this, but at the same time, it's not that crazy. Mm-hmm. We should get f- full points from this group. Yeah. beating both of these the, the teams all of the teams home and away like really and truly if we want to kind of and and to be honest i say make a statement it's not even making a statement because yeah. these teams in our group really and truly are food psv we lost to them in the europa league last season away from home they've yeah. lost all their stars since then yeah javi simmons is gone gakpo is gone one of the other players he just came to someone in the premiership i can't remember they've yeah. lost all their stars They've yeah. lost all of their stars, mm. all of them. So anyone that was causing us trouble doesn't even play for them no more. Mm. Like, and that game was still fairly close. They were just kind of hitting us with the counter-attack a lot. In yeah. That game. yeah. Uh, with Gakpo's speed and that. And Gakpo didn't even do much against us that game. But yeah, yeah. you know, Sevilla, yeah, we should. They, they, they've got something about them when they want to, you know, turn it on. Mm. Um, if Emery was managing them, they would probably beat us. But Emery's mm. not there, so I'm, I'm cool with that. And Lons, I, I don't even know how they got to the Champions League, but you have to respect them because they're there. We should be. And you mentioned, you know, kind of what, what's expected of us. Don't 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 shoot me down. But I think we may have a better chance at winning the Champions League than winning the Premier League. Oh, I mean, I think that should be common knowledge. When you've got a good squad, I think it's a lot easier to get luckier and to kind of have the the ability to get through a cup competition than a league game. For a league competition, for 38 games, you need to be near perfect, yeah. especially with a league that has Man City there. Yeah. You know, we're here thinking, oh my gosh, the season's over because we drew to Fulham. Because well, how are we going to catch City now? We're praying for them to really lose. And On day three, we drew to Fulham and our, our, our lives crumbled. Head was gone because that's what City have done. That's how they're ready in your mind. You're rattled. Yeah. So, of course, if you go into Champions League now, look at the group we've got. We should be coming out first. You know, yep, Sevilla, like I said, Sevilla can turn it on. PSV, decent at home. Lons, they finished second last season. I think they were a point behind PSG. But they lost their top striker. I think he went to somewhere in Germany and they lost the defender as well. The Fafana, he went to Saudi. But if we get a favourable, you know the how sometimes it's on foot, like for someone, why Real Madrid finishing second in their group? You know them kind of nonsense there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but if we if everything falls into place, we can get a favourable second, uh, you know, kind of draw against a team. And then the quarterfinals is where things start. And then again, it's still luck of the draw. 
depending on how other teams do, do other teams fall away? All of a sudden, it's not even to name teams, but if you know you found yourself against like a Porto in round uh, round of sixteen, the quarterfinal were an RB Leipzig, then the semis you're probably facing a big team at some point. But again, it's just the way it goes. But with the league game, you know you got to go away to all these dead grounds and you got to pick yourself up. I think we've got a. I, I say there's a better chance of winning the Champions League. I'm not saying we will win it, but me personally, I think I've said to ourselves if we got to a quarterfinal. In the first return, I'd be more than happy. But we, obviously, as a, it's not even a must. It's like, if we don't, it's a failure. We have to make it out of the group. That's at an absolute minimum. If we then, you know, yeah, draw a dumb team or an unfortunate team and, you know, the way a cookie crumbles, we move. But, yeah. My minimum expectation is to reach the semi-final. Okay. I, I honestly think that, I'm looking at the landscape of European football and it's not just because I know there's a lot of spending happening currently in the Premier League, but I just don't think it's that great, bro. I think mm. there's three teams I fear. Like, if, if we're in a semi-final and the other three teams that make up the semi-final are Bayern, Real Madrid and Man City, mm. I can hold my hands up and say, you know what, boys, you have tried. So whatever happens from here, as long as it's not embarrassment, um, yeah. I can take. But I, I don't I don't think anyone else is good enough. If we get PSG somewhere along the line, I'm expecting to beat them. Yeah, 100%. If we get Barcelona somewhere along the line, I'm expecting to beat them. 100%. Like, I don't, I don't feel like these other so-called juggernauts are as good as us currently. And, you know, granted, I'm just talking about, you know, squad names on paper right now. Who knows what our team will look like, might be depleted by the time we're playing these, these quarterfinals or whatever the case may be. But, like... I really, and from looking at the landscape and I'm trying to be as objective as possible as a football fan, as an Arsenal fan, it's only Man City, Bayern and Real Madrid that I feel like, right, these are the teams that could potentially, if we, if we, if we are at 60, 70, 80% on the day, these guys could do a number on us. Mm. Like anyone else, I think is there for the taking. It won't be easy. I'm not saying it'll be easy, but yeah. We should be looking to be. I, I do not fear Barcelona. Yeah, I do not fear PSG. Mm. Like, and this is why I'm. I'm quite. And you know, by the time you get to the semis, people are gassed. Like anything can happen. Yeah, this is I mean, it. This a is poor, it. a poor Inter Milan side made yeah. the final last year. Final. Like, Inter Milan side with no bread, yeah. no money at all, bro. <laughs> Just... So so much so they had to re-sign Alexis Sanchez for free. Yeah, like. I really think if we if we reach the semis and those are the other guys, obviously if it might be two of those three. If it's someone else and mm. Arsenal get them, we might sneak into a final. Who knows? But like, that's if obviously we make it that far. But yeah. I, I really think you know, we as they say, you got to take every game as it comes, each game mm-hmm. at a time. All those cliches. But if you're looking at everything, you know, team for team, our Arsenal are at least the fourth best team in this competition. Bro, I don't think there's a lot of teams that would want to draw us at this moment in time. That's you know, true. I don't I don't think... If you, you know, again, if there's like a final 60, quarterfinal draw, and you pull Arsenal, I think you're a bit like, oh, it's a bit of a long day. Because they've seen what we've been doing. Again, it's not to say it's a, a, a rollover or anything like that. But, um, yeah, it's definitely something where you're like, mm, okay, Arsenal are very good at this moment in time. 
The only thing I think that maybe won't go in our in our way is potentially just the European experience that these players have. And Arteta's yes. European experience hasn't been great as an Arsenal as an Arsenal manager. Um, I've heard people say about our history, unfortunately, in the Champions League hasn't been great. We've kind of like made up the numbers. But none of those players are in our team anymore. These are some young, hungry players who are trying to make names for themselves. So I don't fear any of that. This is a, like a totally new Arsenal in the Champions League. But again, Arteta hasn't shown himself to be great in Europe unfortunately and we haven't got a lot of a lot of um, experience in you know Europe's top premier competition so that's the only thing that could potentially hold us down because the the European the way Champions League football is played is different you know it's a bit slower you have to find your tempo got to be a bit lot more solid defense uh, defensively we'll see how it goes but yeah I, I don't think anybody's saying you know what even Real Madrid even Man City I don't think they want to draw us yeah you know it's not a given it's not like, oh, I think we've got enough, even if they do. Yeah, experience is a very, very good point. Um, obviously, I'm here giving the big one about, you know, Champions League. Our Europa League and Ting in the past few years have been horrific. Um, yeah. Definitely should have won that that tournament once in the last seven years or whatever that we've been in it. Um, but yeah, just kind of facing our front as to see, you know, what, what we've got coming next. Um, with the players that we now have and this team kind of looking closer to its final form. Mm. Um, yeah, I really think that, you know, like you're saying, experience is definitely one thing that they don't have these boys. But on the flip side of it, you know, we, we're fearless. We have to be yeah. fearless. And it's like that, that same experience, we're not, we're, not, we're not hit by any trauma. We even yeah. got our, you know, our remember Champions League last season when we got flogged or anything like that, like all the exactly. tenth view in Bayern all those years ago. Like these guys don't know about that. It's not their concern. You see what I mean? So it's just like we have to just go about and be the unknown. We're, we haven't been in this competition for seven years. We we are the unknown. As good as we are and as good as everyone is watching us right now and not wanting to draw us, we're the unknown team and, you know, I say all of this. We'll get to the bloody second knockout round and lose three one to Leipzig or something like that. God forbid. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I really, I honestly think I'm not even bantering. I honestly mm. think you know we're we're probably on paper. I'll say on paper to caveat it. We are like the fourth best team in this competition, and all it takes is a good draw, and Arsenal could win the Champions League. And I'm being dead serious. And that's and that's literally it. Like you don't control the draws. You know, people be like, "Ah, oh, you got an easy draw all the way to the final." Although I'm not hearing like the Man City one though. They've drew Leipzig for like the fifteenth hundredth time. They're group that are oh, mate. They shouldn't even play. Like all the other teams should just say, "Look, we'll let you finish first. We'll just scrap for second and third, and then we'll just see what happens." Because their group, they, I can't remember the last time they got a competitive group. Not to disrespect the other teams in there, but let's just be real. But anyway, for us, if we got good draws, again, we still got to put, go out and play. We still have to win the game. It's just that, similar to our group now, you know, it would be different now if we got uh, that AC, PSG, uh, Borussia Dortmund group, where we'd be thinking, oh, you know, they've got the European experience per se, all this, blah, blah, blah. But we've got a favourable group. Let's take these advantages we've been given, use them, use our squads, and get through to the knockout stages and just see where the, chip, the chips lay. 
Yeah. It's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be fun. We haven't heard that Champions League music at the Emirates. Like, it's it's for some of these players, this is just a myth. Like, it's a it's a it's a story in the night. Like, it, it's never really existed. But uh, it, it's going to be good. Um, mm. But yeah, man. Next week, um, we're back. We're back at it. We've got Everton away from home. Um, big game. I say big game as much as I don't rate Everton. Um, just because we just need to hit the floor running. We've got, you know, past hoodoos on that ground that we just need to put to rest. Um, Sean Dyche needs to lead that team to the championship with their new stadium. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I just I just want to see us get back to winning ways. Would love yeah. to see Smith Rowe at least off the bench. Would love to see Fabio Vieira start the game. Um, mm. Anything you want to see out of this game? Three points. Three yeah. points. We've got to well. go point like I'm um, I'm sick and tired of Everton kickstarting their career like I remember I was like, two seasons ago, yeah when Damari Gray scored that banger mm-hmm. and then it's not even like they kicked on they were shit for the next couple of weeks last season as well um they beat us one nil and then they went and another relegation scrap let's just put them to the sword I want to see I just want to see us like stay stay you know what I'm not even worried about the early conceding thing because we're playing for a away from home. I'm sure we'll be defensively stable. I just want to see us take our chances early, put them mm-hmm. to the sword, 3-0 by 35 minutes and cruise. Yeah. That's my hope. That's my hope. And get some players on to like, you know, get Smith Rowe on, get Nelson on, get these players running, get their legs moving ahead of the Champions League, uh, which starts soon after. Yeah. Yeah. Do we need to kind of start warming up these, these guys that haven't had much football, man? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just um, some programming notes as well. As of next week, we're going to start doing a review podcast for the match alone. Completely, you know, uncut, just we're going to get on, give our views of the match and that will come out kind of immediately. You'll still get this um, kind of news and more topical podcast on Mondays. Um, but obviously now we've got a lot of matches coming up. We wanted to make sure these podcasts can breathe so you're not getting like a rushed match review and then a rushed everything else so yeah look out for the the match review um podcasts as well um but yeah guys that that's it on a week where we haven't um had international football we've oh sorry a week we have had international football we've still had you know quite a bit to discuss which is which is good um but yeah that's your your week's load of canon club podcast to make sure you are hitting the review button on your podcast platform of choice. Leave a five-star review if you enjoyed it. Um, share the podcast as well with any of our Arsenal fans or football fans that want to hear from Arsenal fans' opinions. And again, you know, if you want to see our faces and that, go over to the YouTube channel, Canon Club. And yeah, we'll be back same time next week. Come on, you Gunners. Let's get a Mel Smith roll on the pitch. Boy, look at our tennis squad. We just got on a pitch and we say it off. I used to just wanna get top four, but we're up now when I want a lot more. If we quit now, it was all for nothing. They talk big, but we call them bluffing. We can call no more discussion. This season's all or nothing. Bukayo, that's our boy. I told you that Saka's a star boy. Tech time, could we coming at you?